the last time this preacher preached, the, the person that, that, that was introducing her went nuts, said she was absolutely amazing, said she's got, he, that, she, that she is his favourite preacher and I'm going to go on record and say the same thing and hope I don't get fired by Pastor Justin because, <laughs> because Pastor Chrissy is an awesome preacher and she's coming to bring the word today. You are going to be blessed. Why don't we make some racket and honour the word of God this morning as she comes to bring it. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Ignore that tree for a while. Better get my notes. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. Welcome to church. Um, the title of my message today is Starstruck. And you might be thinking, what on earth is that about? But let me tell you. When I was a teenager, I was completely starstruck by the band Boyzone. Does anyone even know who they are? So my dad is Irish and we would go there a lot at Christmas and to visit his family and I just adopted this love of this Irish boy band. They could have been doing anything, singing anything. It was the fact that they were Irish and they were there that made me love them. I was so obsessed with them. I, I had a season of being obsessed with all of them, but I fully became obsessed with Ronan Keating. And this was before Ronan was known in Australia, right? I was a teenager. I was so obsessed with him that I actually had convinced myself that there was a possibility that I would marry him one day. <laughs> I was that convinced. I placed myself at his concerts when I would go there. I remember one day... Well, this was before we had phones with internet and you could Google things, right? So someone had given me some download, inf like some info that they'd seen a boys' own magazine at a newsagent in Mudrubah. So I made my mum drive me to Mudrubah to look at all the newsagents to find a magazine of them. And then when I opened the magazine, I found him wearing an article of clothing. So then I asked my mum for Christmas, I need this particular article of clothing. How was she going to find that? Now you could go on the internet, but back in, back in those days, you know, like how are you going to find a random piece of article that a man's wearing that I, a teenage girl, could wear? You know, I was seriously obsessed. And it came to the point of obsession. Okay, and so I got those, those pictures, those posters, and they were all in my room, weren't they, Mum? They were on my wardrobe door. Sometimes I would even kiss them goodnight. They were <laughs> everywhere. So obsessed. And it got to the point that one day, I remember being in our house. This is when, you know, we had the phones that were attached to the wall that you'd have to have your conversation in front of your whole family. The cord only went so far. I remember my friend called me. It was Becky. Becky called me. I'm sitting in my kitchen on my phone with the cord and she gives me the worst news of my life. She called me to tell me that Ronan had got married. I am not joking when I say I ran into my room and shut the door and cried for like four hours. <laughs> Do you remember this? I cried and cried and cried. And I remembered my mum or dad coming to the door going, what's wrong? And I'm thinking, you won't understand. Like, th they would have been thinking the worst possible thing had happened. But Ronan got married. He married a supermodel, whatever. Like, why? <laughs> How did he not know there was a teenage girl waiting for him? that was still in high school that he could have married, but no, he found himself a supermodel. 
But I was so distraught. Like, I was literally distraught. So I think it's safe to say I can talk about this topic of being starstruck. So stars, you know, normal stars like celebrities, we call them stars because they shine so bright and we're like, you know, can get struck by them from how bright they are and how amazing and we just get obsessed with them. But we shouldn't become obsessed with anything that isn't God, right? We have to be careful. So when I'm referring to this type of star, being starstruck throughout my sermon today, I'm, you can put up my acronym, I'm talking about something or someone that takes attention away from what really matters, okay? So that's a star when I'm talking about being starstruck today, okay? So the first commandment, Exodus 20 verse 3 says, you shall have no other gods before me. You, it means to have no one upon me, above me, over me, side by side with me, in addition to me, anything on top of me or added to me. You cannot have anything that is other than God, right? You can't have something on the side, you can't have something on the top, you can't have something by, below, you can't add something to God. You can't say, I'm going to love God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and all my strength and I'm going to love Ronan Keating. No, you can't. You actually can't have something on the side. That's literally maybe where that expression comes from. You can't have something on the side. But I want, when I was thinking about, because as I've told you all a million times, I get like a title for my sermon, Starstruck, and then I'm like, okay, God, what does that mean? So I was thinking about what literal stars are, like the actual stars in the sky, and three scriptures came to my mind. Psalm 19, verse 1 to 4, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. So this one made me straight away think, okay, I know that the skies and the stars, they declare the glory of God, right? First one. Second one, Genesis 1 verse 16. God made two great lights and the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness and God saw that it was good. So this one shows that they were made to give light to the earth. So they were meant to declare the glory of God, give light to the earth. And third one is Matthew 2. This one's a bit of a longer passage but read along with me if it's up there after jesus was born in bethlehem in judea during the time of king herod magi from the east came to jerusalem and asked where is the one who has been born king of the jews we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him when king herod heard this he was disturbed and all jerusalem with him when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law he asked them where the messiah was to be born in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd the people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may too go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And then it goes on to say, they worshipped him and opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. So the star led people to Jesus. So when I thought of stars, thought, you know, 
They declare the glory of God. They give light to the earth and they lead people to Jesus. Stars are not meant to distract you from... Imagine a star in the sky going, worship me, worship me. That's a bit like astrology. But like stars in the sky are declaring the glory of God, but people can start to worship the star and start to look at what's my star sign? What's this? What's that? Because they're looking at what's shiny and bright, but they're not looking at what they're meant to be looking at. And, you know, you're meant to be a light in the world, but some people, like, it's easy to maybe get obsessed with a famous preacher because they're preaching about God and you're like, oh, I love what they're saying and you're getting distracted by what they're... I've said it before, there's a weird website called Preachers in Sneakers. Their sneakers are so cool that people have made a website about how cool their sneakers are that they're... The website's not what they said. The scriptures were, it's look at their sneakers. Like, you've got to be careful that you're not getting obsessed with someone that's shining their light rather than them being a light in the earth and finally a light is meant to lead someone to Jesus if you're a light that's not leading someone to Jesus but that's leading people to their own your own doctrine or your own beliefs or your own view of what's happening in the world then that's not that's not being someone that leads people to Jesus that's just being someone that leads people to your own opinion People are also meant to declare the glory of God, be a light on the earth and lead people to Jesus. Don't walk away thinking, oh, she's telling me to be a weird star. I'm not telling you to be a weird star. Let me unpack what I'm trying to say. We're we're called to be the same. We're called to declare the glory of God. In Psalm 96, one, it says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, proclaim the good news of his salvation. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. So this word declare means to tell, to count, to recount and relate. So our job is to declare the glory of God to everyone in the whole world. That's pretty much what it says. Our job is to walk around saying, God did this, God did this, God did this, and retell it and retell it and retell it. It doesn't matter if you're telling it 100 times to 100 different people. That's your job, to count, to recount, and relate it to people, to declare how amazing he is, to declare how good he is, to just walk around saying, this is how amazing God is. That's your job that's one of our jobs to do. Isaiah 42, 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, no, nor my praise to carve idols. He doesn't want our praise going to an idol, going to a carved idol, going to something else. He wants the praise going to him. He is, we are made to declare his glory in all the earth. You know, no one else should get his praise other than him. I spoke at the worship team the other night and I found in the Bible, worship is mentioned 102 verses or 188 times in the New King James and praise is mentioned 259 times throughout 216 verses. Worship is so amazing and, and we worship God. But praise is mentioned double the amount of times as um, worship is. 
And praise, we're just saying how amazing God is. I'm just praising you, Lord. Praise always went hand in hand with thankfulness. Um, thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. Lord, look at the sun. Wow, you're amazing. You made that. You know, we've just got to walk around declaring the glory of God. And that's one of the things that we have to do. And when you do that, I guarantee that naturally a lot of other things will stop coming out of your mouth, right? You know, the fruit of your lips, the Bible says, I think it's in Psalm, it says, you will eat the fruit of what comes out of your lips. So if you're walking around going, God's amazing, God can supply all my needs according to his riches, he is amazing, he's the same yesterday, today and forever, if he can do that for them, he can do that for me, he made the stars, he can make anything, if he put the arm on me, he can fix a broken arm, you know, if you can recount everything that he says and tell it and just proclaim it through all the earth, I promise you, you will not be feeling low. You will not be feeling, you know, when we were singing those praise songs, did you, did you feel like your, um, your demeanor went up a bit? Did you feel like your attitude like increased? Did you feel like more joy coming to your body? Because you're, you're praising God. And when we praise God, God never like takes anything off us without giving us something back in return. Like you just give him praise and it says, I'll I'll inhabit the praise. My presence will come into the praise if you just praise me. Like what's more important than that to say the God of the universe will come and be with you. And what do you have to do for that? You just have to praise him. Man, that's so easy. Or is it? It's so easy for our mouths to just be like, you know, I mean, I'm so bad because I like to talk and You know, sometimes when you like to talk, you talk too much and you say things that you shouldn't say and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I say that? Because I like talking, you know, and they're the people that need to watch what they say even more, you know, make sure that the, what is it, the meditation of my heart and, you know, everything is pleasing to you, Lord. Make sure that what's coming out of your mouth is like a sweet aroma to God because, you know, the Bible also says that we will be held accountable for every word that we speak out of our mouth. Imagine we get to heaven and God's like remember when you said this and I'll be like oh my gosh I'm so sorry please Lord forgive me and then he's like yeah cool throw it as far as the east is for the west so you're forgiven don't feel condemned from what I'm saying just walk out of here praising God and saying how amazing God is and that's all you've got to do do you know we are not designed to receive okay we're we're designed to receive praise and encouragement but we are not designed to be exalted to the place that we're meant to exalt God. Let me tell you why. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. When I looked up that word pride, it means exaltation. So if you are exalted, which is different from being encouraged and praised, I'm making that distinction myself. If you're exalted, you'll get a big head, you'll get prideful, and you'll fall. Pride leads to a fall. You can't have pride and not fall in the end, right? You can't walk around prideful because the Bible tells us that pride goes before destruction. So you do not want pride in your life. You do not want people exalting you above God. You do not want people walking around going, I don't care what God says, but what do you say? And you walk around thinking, you know what? I know the answer. Let me tell you the answer. You do not want to exalt people and you don't want people to be exalted by what you're saying to them. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? You can't give glory to another person because that is bad for them. 
and you can't get too much glory for yourself because it's bad for you. God is the only one that gets our glory. He's the only one that gets our true praise and that is good for us and it's good for God. It's good for everyone. 1 Corinthians 1.31 says, He that boasts or glories, boast in the Lord. Don't boast about yourself and your sneakers. Don't love the created more than the creator. Okay, so we're meant to declare the glory of God. Stars declare the glory of God. Whether we do or not, they're there up there every night going, look how amazing God is. Number two, they light up the earth. In Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16, it says that we are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be shaken, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp st- but they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. Light is radiance. You're radiating the source, right? I cannot radiate God without having God in me, right? Kent was talking about if we love one another, it's so much easier to love others when we love God first. That's the greatest commandment, to love God and to love others. John 1, 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness to the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. You shouldn't be getting people to look at you and going, I am the light. I will shine my light to you, right? We're meant to radiate who the light is. That's how you're the light of the world, right? You're not shining your own light and saying, I am the light. Even John the Baptist knew that. He's like, I am not the light, but I am leading you to the light, radiating from the source. And my last point, which I'll spend a bit of time on this point, is we're meant to lead people to Jesus. When I read that scripture about the Magi following the star, has anyone thought about that? They followed the star and it led them to Jesus. We are meant as stars, if you're following my little example, to lead people to Jesus. We are not meant to lead people to the sneaker store. We're not meant to lead people to our own views. We're not, I've got nothing against sneakers. <laughs> it's just my example. We are not meant to lead people to where we're going and where we're spending the most time and what we think is meant to be happening. We're meant to lead people to Jesus. The great co-mission in Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. To make disciples means to... Disciple, instruct, and teach. It means to disciple someone to progressively learn the word of God, to become mature and become a learner and a true Christ follower, to train and develop in the truths of scripture and the lifestyle required. Do you know to make disciples is not to make them into what your thoughts are and what your beliefs are 
and what you think people should be doing and wear my sneakers. It says that in the New Testament, this word disciple always means scriptures, to disciple people in the word of God, to disciple people into point... So the job of making disciples is to point people to Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus was the word... In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Our job is to point people to his teaching. It's not to point people to your opinion and your view and what you think should be happening. Our, our job is to point people to scripture and to help them to understand it and to read it and to um, become developed in scripture. So... When people say things, I'm like, I don't know, you know, that's what I'm th always thinking in my head. Is that scriptural? Because you can hear things that sound good, but are they scriptural? Because I don't need to be a disciple of you. I need you to help me be a disciple of what the scripture says. So if you're wanting to be discipled by someone, you just need to, you know, show them this is how you find things in the Bible. This is how you... Um, read things in the Bible. This is how you um, learn of God. And obviously, the Bible says to listen to your leaders and to submit to authority and things like that. But all I'm saying is the person mentoring should be leading you to Scripture. The person should be going, this is the basis of what I'm going to teach you. This is, this is where you can find it in the Scripture. And, you know, there's all different ways you can show people like the law of first mention where what's the first time this is mentioned in the bible you know if it's mentioned more than one or two times then that's a probably a good way of um developing a, a doctrine around a scripture you know some uh denominations or theologies are they'll take one scripture out of one passage and they'll make a theology out of one scripture but there's other scriptures that contradict this one thing you know, saying that not everyone's meant to maybe go to heaven, but the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his son so that none shall perish. You know what I mean? So there's like, don't be, don't be disciplined in my views. Here's the word of God. Develop in the word of God. Now, this is my little star. It's from Kmart. <laughs> but the purpose of this star is to declare the glory of Christmas. It is to shine a light and it is to lead people to Jesus, right? Now, I'm going to read you something. Let's, now, this is my idea. This is not scriptural, okay? This is not a doctrine, okay? This Christmas tree is a pagan tradition, you know? Apparently, when it was dark outside, they'd want to bring in something festive and light and make your room look really nice, okay? So it's a pagan tradition of putting up your Christmas tree. But I also read something that says, the shape of a Christmas tree is triangular. It represents the Trinity. And from there came the idea that the tree should be a symbol of Christ and new life, right? So let's just go with that for today. This is just an example. Don't go away thinking everyone has to have a Christmas tree and if you don't have a Christmas tree, you're not having Jesus in your home, okay? <laughs> this is just a Christmas tree. It's just fake, 
okay? <laughs> but the purpose of the star, right, was meant to lead... That's not going to stay there. I will hold it. The purpose of the star was meant to lead people to Jesus, right? It's sitting on top of Jesus. They found Jesus there. Okay. No, that's a good... That's, that's how sometimes we lead people to Jesus. Okay. <laughs> They're a bit like, I don't know about this, but I'll give it a go. So the wise men, they followed the star. They found Jesus and they gave gifts. That is what I think Christmas should be about. They found Jesus, they gave gifts and they worshipped there. But so many of us, literally, will follow a star, but it won't lead to Jesus, right? I want you to ask yourself, are you leading people to Jesus or are you leading people to arguments? Are you leading people to Jesus or are you leading people to sin? Are you leading people to Jesus or are you leading people into temptation? You know, or drunkenness or like where are you leading people? Because if you're declaring the glory of God, if you're shining a light and you are, what's my third point? Does anyone remember? (laughs) Come on. Discipling people, where are they going to end up if they follow me? Are they going to end up seeing Jesus and worshipping him? Or are they going to end up literally in the middle of nowhere in destruction and sin and in temptation and lost their family and their homes because I, I gave them some doctrine that, oh, you know, you can do whatever you want. Like, not, not everything is... Everything's permissible, but not everything's beneficial. But you can just do whatever you want and just say, thank, just say like, please forgive me later, Lord. You know, grace, just do whatever you want. But if, if I'm making people follow that doctrine and they're not discipled or mature, they can literally lose their family, lose their home, lose their, their lives because they followed me to a place that was not leading them to discipleship, which was to follow scripture. You know, you should never be leading people anywhere that's not in the Bible. So, I want you to ask yourself, are you following something that is not leading to Jesus? Does the scripture back up what you're being told or what you believe? Are you also leading someone to something that doesn't, lead to Jesus, that doesn't lead to worship, because that's all we should be doing, that's all our job is to do, the Bible says what's the, you know, he gave all the commandments and then they said to him, teacher, what's the greatest commandment, love God and love others, that Kent said it before, and then our mission was to go into the world and make disciples, they were our jobs, declare the glory of God, be a light in the earth and make disciples, it's not hard, is it? We need to take the pressure off ourselves to doing all these extra things and just focus on saying how good God is, which if you're alive on the earth right now, you should be able to say how good God is. Being a light and and leading people to follow scripture. It's so simple, isn't it? And this morning I asked those guys to sing um, 
I exalt thee because I wanted to get them back up and sing it again and just really have you all just focus on God, focus on declaring how awesome he is, how good he is, how exalted he should be and then we will radiate that out to everyone else. There's no point us whinging about God and whinging about that he's, you know, not doing anything for me and all these things and then radiating that out into the world because where does that lead people to? Disillusionment and pain. But we need to be leading people into the word of God. Even if right now you're sitting there and you're thinking, I have got nothing to be joyful about. I want you to get up and to start praising God and start exalting God and declaring how amazing he is because you can't have anything above, under, beside in addition to God. So that, can, that might be a problem, that might be a concern, that might be what you're going to have for lunch, that might be, you know, what I can't buy a house. Anything that is above God right now needs to go aside. You need to just spend your time as one of your jobs on this earth to just declare the glory of God throughout the world. That's your job. Your job is not to concern yourself or worry. The Bible says not to, you can't add a day to your life by worrying. You cannot do anything by worrying. That's not your job. Your job is to declare the glory of God. So I'm going to ask the band to join me. And we're going to sing that song and I want you to literally, you are literally doing warfare by singing that song over your life. You are literally changing the rest of your week by singing this song this morning. You will change your life, your future, your day, your, your attitude, your perception of the world when you just declare the glory of God. So don't just sit here thinking, oh, I don't want to sing this song. I promise you, when you sing this song, it will change everything going on around you. So I'm just going to ask if we can do that.